0: While You Were Folding, Episode 19, A Mother's Ministry of Presence. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things, marriage, parenting, Faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 10 years and a mother for eight. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father of mercy, thank you for this week. Thank you for the gift of springtime and for the beautiful weather that you have given us. It is so awesome to be able to be outside and to see the flowers blooming. Thank you for the gift of our children's teachers for this special time of year when we have so many celebrations. Help us to remember to be thankful for the blessings that you've given to us, especially when... We sometimes are feeling scatterbrained and all over the place with jam-packed schedules as the school year wraps up. Help us to be as present as we can be. Help us to slow down whenever possible, to look the people that you've placed into our lives in the eyes, and to be a blessing for others, however we can. Please lift us up this week. Please bless those of us who are mothers. Please bring healing and hope to those of us who are struggling in our motherhood or are suffering from infertility. Please heal the relationships between children and mothers that are needing healing. And please help to console those who are hurting right now, who are missing their mothers. We pray all these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I jump into today's topic, I thought I would just share a couple of fun things that have been going on in our neck of the woods. Last Friday, Jane had her first piano recital, and it was so much fun. Jane started taking piano lessons this past year, and she just takes once-a-week lesson for half an hour, and it's been just a chance for her to get to know how to read notes And to start to understand how the piano works and all that good stuff. And she decided she wanted to play the theme song to Star Wars. And I still am not sure if it was her idea or her teacher's idea to have her dress up like Princess Leia. But Jane decided that she wanted to dress up like Princess Leia for her recital. And she was the only child. I think there were 20 kids at the recital. Uh, she was the only one who was dressed up, but she did not care. And she did not seem to notice that no one else was dressed up and she went up there and she was probably about in the middle of the lineup, but she was so calm and very deliberate when she sat down on the piano bench. And I thought that maybe she would get a little bit nervous and start to speed up and rush through her song, but I was so proud of her. She was just very confident and walked up there, up there and sat down And she played her piece. And then she looked over at Philip because he was taking a video of her performance and smiled the biggest smile. And it was great. It's just, it's so much fun. She's our oldest. And so this has been this past year or two has really been our entry into watching the kids see the things that they're interested in. And to see her light up and be so excited about something was so much fun. And then Afterward, we got to go out to have celebratory ice cream, and it was a really fun night. And the next day, I got to have a fun night out on the town. Um, I got to celebrate the Kentucky Derby with my mom and my sister and my sisters-in-law and my aunt. And my aunt is amazing. She hosted all of us girls at her house, which she had decorated with roses all over the place for the Kentucky Derby. She had made all of this amazing food. There is this entire culture around the Kentucky Derby that I had no idea about, but she enlightened all of us about how the whole thing works. And it was so much fun just to have uninterrupted girl time. We all wore our fun, crazy hats, and we got to go out to dinner, and then we came back to the house afterward to have dessert and some more conversation, but it was great. Thank you to my aunt for hosting all of us, and for all the girls for carving out that time. I know it's not always easy to make that happen with a couple of us coming in from out of town, but it was just so great because it's very unusual for us to have uninterrupted conversation when we get together and because i'm the fifth out of six kids it's very difficult to have a lot of quality conversation with a big group like that so it was awesome and happy mother's day to all of you ladies as well and on sunday philip ran the lincoln half marathon and we didn't realize it at the time we had to count up his medals but this was his fifth half marathon, so way to go, Philip. And I absolutely love this event. It is jam packed with people from all over the city that show up to cheer on their family member, their friend, or even the strangers that they're watching run by. Some people just show up because they think it's fun to watch. But uh, the kids and I, we ran all over town to get to see Philip at the different stops where we could watch him. And he is so awesome about trying to figure out where we're going to be and stopping and taking pictures with the kids. And after the fact, I found out that you might remember that Philip's a pediatrician. So one of his patients earlier in the week had gone in and seen him and knew that he was going to be running the half marathon and had made a poster board sign for him for Dr. Boucher and cheered him on. And he saw the patient along his route and stopped and took a picture with them. How cool is that? I just, that makes my day as his wife. I'm so proud of him. So Philip, congratulations on your fifth half marathon. You are a rock star. And to all those who ran in the Lincoln half marathon, way to go. It was a gorgeous day, and we're looking forward to the Lincoln Havsey here in uh, November. So if you're going to be running in that one, let us know so that we can cheer you on, because the running culture, it is something that's fairly new to me, but it's so fun, and I love being a part of it. All right, well, that's it for this week. I um, wanted to talk about something that's been on my heart, because this week is Mother's Day. And as a mother to young children, and I don't work outside the home, I'm realizing that I'm really in a unique position um, just with the way that I can organize my days. And I've really been squandering a lot of opportunities to minister through the ability I have to be present to others. So I don't want today to be all about condemning ourselves or being down on ourselves. I want it to be an encouragement to all of us to hopefully hear about my experience and pray about the changes that you can start to make like I've been trying to make, um, just to be more present to all of those that you encounter. So let me go back a little bit. I've been probably for the last two to three weeks. I've been much more deliberate about it, but I've finally put a name to what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, in general, just make changes to how I approach my days and my schedule in general. And I'm trying to transition from packing it as full as I possibly can to leaving in some buffer time around everything that I do. And part of that is because I have four young kids, And there are always the inevitable hiccups that come with life with young kids. But the other important reason that I want to leave buffer time is because the buffer time, the extra built-in time, it allows me to take time to stop, to look people in the eyes, and have real meaningful conversation. And I read a book by Kimberly Hahn several years ago. I've read a couple of her books, actually. She's married to Scott Hahn, who several of you may have read his books as well, but she wrote in one of her books that motherhood is an apostolate of interruption. And when I read that, (laughs) I realized that if I'm really honest with myself, all of the interruptions that, that make up motherhood are probably among the most difficult thing for me to accept about motherhood because... I'm a planner. I'm very type A. I want to be in control and I want to be in control of my plans for the day. And when there are hiccups, I definitely struggle to relinquish the control and move on with whatever the hiccup is that's put in front of me. And I've slowly been getting better at this. I think each child has helped me to be better at this. And I think, My temperament and my personality is getting tamed a little bit in this way. But last week I got to have a meeting with my spiritual director and I had to confess that I've been treating the people in my life, whether it's family or friends or even strangers that are driving in front of me as if they're in my way instead of people that God has put into my life that I need to treat with respect and give my presence to. And I also recently read a book that I've mentioned before on the podcast. It's by Dr. Michelle Borba. It's called Unselfie, Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in Our All About Me World. And I'll link to that title in the show notes. And I listened to that one on audio, but there's a story that she shares in that book that has really stuck with me. And she shares about a study, and I can't remember which seminary this happened at, but it was at a Christian seminary. And a group of the seminarians were told that they needed to deliver a speech and they were going to deliver it to their classmates and that the speech was going to be worth a significant portion of their final grade for the class. But the professors were in on this study trying to study empathy in this group of seminarians. And they orchestrated things so that a group of the seminarians were going to be deliberately stopped or interrupted on their way walking to deliver their speech by someone. And a group of the seminarians were interrupted in a way that it was not going to make them late for their speech. And another group of the seminarians was interrupted in a way that it was going to make them late for the speech that they knew was going to be a significant portion of their final grade. And they found out when they studied the results of this study, that the seminarian's willingness to stop and help or not stop and help, it was largely based on whether or not they thought that the person interrupting them was going to make them late for their speech. And I thought about that. And I thought about how do I treat the people in my life? Am I treating them as if they're interruptions? Am I treating my children as if they are distractions from my vocation? Or am I treating them like they are my vocation? Am I treating the person who is helping me to bag my groceries as if they're slowing me down by trying to be methodical about their placement of things? Or am I treating them as though they're a gift and a blessing to me and my family? And so... I've been thinking and praying about this a lot and coming to the realization that more often than not, I was treating people like they were interruptions instead of a blessing. And that was really convicting to me. And it made me feel honestly, really bad about things. And so I've been trying to use my morning prayer time to sit down, to look at my day. And I've I've been in the habit of bringing my to-do list to my prayer time for a while, but I'm trying to incorporate it into my prayer time in a different way lately. I bring it to my prayer time and I look at things and I try to decide, okay, what are the three things that I absolutely really, really want to accomplish at the end of the day? And if I'm able to do these three things, the rest of it can fall away and doesn't matter as much. And then I look at the things that I have on the calendar for the day And I'm trying to make sure that I'm not cramming in as much as I possibly can. I think part of this was I'm naturally pretty optimistic, especially when it comes to what I think I'm able to accomplish in a day and how long I think it's going to take me to accomplish things. But that translates into me being frantic and running around all the time. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm budgeting in much, much, much more time for all of the things on my calendar and the tasks that I want to accomplish that day. So that I'm keeping my expectations low for the amount of things that I think I'm checking off on a day to day basis. But that makes me less frantic as well. It makes the family less frantic. And it makes me slow down and see the people that I'm encountering on a day to day basis. And so I thought I would share a couple of times two specific places where I've noticed this happening in action and the fruit that it's bearing in my life. So different times when I've been noticing the fruit of slowing down and having a ministry of presence for people. The first instance is at the grocery store. Dorothy, um, Dorothy tags along with me to do our weekly grocery store run And we go to two different stores. We start at Sam's, the big box. I don't know what you call it. Um, huge distributor of all paper goods and produce. And we love Sam's, but, um, Our schedule is so routinized that Dorothy and I have become buddies with the various employees at the stores. So when we leave, I'll ask Dorothy, should we go and see, let's call these employees Penny and Sandy. Should we go and see Penny and Sandy? And then she'll get all excited. And we drive to Sam's and we get there. And when you get to Sam's, those of you who have a membership there or like a Costco, there's usually someone who greets you and checks to see if you have a membership card. So we've gotten to know the woman who checks the receipts and the membership card, and she always greets us by name, and let's call her Mary. So we are warmly greeted by Mary on the way in, and she knows us by name, and Dorothy knows her by name. And in fact, this morning, we were doing our weekly grocery run, And she told us, oh, did you know that your sister and your niece, who she also knows by name, are here? (laughs) And I just love that she knows not only our names, but my sister and my niece's name. And um, then we went about our shopping, and then we got to the end of our shopping, and we have a cashier who works there at the same time every week who we've gotten to know, and let's call her Penny. So the cashier, she was our cashier for several weeks before we started talking about things beyond how's how's that weather and things like that. And I decided to start calling her by her name and greeting her when we approach. And I've been trying to use my grocery purchases as a way to learn about her life and share about ours. So for example, last week, because I had purchased some dog treats we had an entire conversation about our mutual love of dogs. And she shared about how she lives in a house that has a couple of rescue dogs. And she has a housemate who's a veteran that suffers from PTSD, and all of the benefits that he has had from living with these rescue dogs. And it's just this Great, unique opportunity for conversation that I don't think she necessarily gets to have with most customers. I think a lot of customers, and myself included, have treated those who are cashiers at the grocery store as people who are going to help check us out. And when things are going slowly and when there's a hiccup on a price or whatever, instead of looking them in the eyes and speaking with them, just acting as though. They're just there to do their job and move things along. But this, uh, I think I said I was going to call her Penny. Yeah, Penny. Uh, She knows Dorothy and I by name. And Dorothy calls out to her every time we approach the register. And she says, hi, Penny, or good morning. And you can tell that it means a lot to Penny. I don't know how many customers know her by name and recognize her. And um, it just it very visibly brings a smile to her face every time that she sees Dorothy and they have a special little friendship now. And then when we finish with our interaction with Penny, she hands Dorothy the receipt and says, go tell Mary hi. And Mary, as you might remember, is the woman who greets us at the door and Mary checks receipts on the way out to make sure that people have things in their cart that they've paid for. So when we're on our way out the door, there's this long stretch of the store that you have to walk to to get to the exit. And Dorothy always triumphantly holds up her receipt and says... Mary, Mary, as we approach the door. And Mary smiles at her and waves. And then when we get to Mary, we'll exchange small talk. Mary has told us all about her adult children and what they're doing. And we get to ask about updates on what's new with them, and who's graduating, and who's living where, and what are their summer plans. And while we're talking, she draws a picture for Dorothy every week on the receipt with her Sharpie marker. And the picture has a smiley face and some sort of a hair accessory that matches whatever Dorothy is wearing in her hair that day. And then we always end our conversation with see you next week and a big smile and a wave. And that has become our anchor as part of our trip to Sam's each week. And Dorothy knows these women by name. And it's so much fun to look forward to seeing these women. And it seems like it's been a blessing to them to get to see us as well as a bright spot in their day. And then from there, we move on to our other grocery store, Hy-Vee. And at Hy-Vee, they have a lot more employees than Sam's does, but we've been slowly getting to know the cashiers and the produce employees probably the best. And there is one male cashier in particular, let's call him Steve, And a couple of weeks ago, he seemed to be having a rough day. The customer in front of me was short with him and very impatient and frustrated. And it just seemed like it was really obvious that he had been having a tough day. So when I got up there and he started to ring things up, I asked him what his name was, even though he was wearing a name tag. And I remarked that he had helped me once before and that I go to the grocery store every week I'm there all the time, but that he is the best cashier I've ever had because he's friendly. He knows the produce codes and can ring them up right away. And he separates out the items so that they're easy to put away when we get home. And I said this just nonchalantly as I'm putting stuff up on the belt and he's ringing things up, but he paused and he looked at me and he got tears in his eyes and he said, you know what? I don't usually get that kind of feedback. I just might cry. Thank you for saying that. And you could tell, you know, not only because he said that, but it really meant a lot to him that I took the time not just to say, hey, you're great, but to tell him the things that I noticed about the way he does his job that are helpful to me as a mom with young kids, that he helps me to make my job when I get home of unloading easier, and that he's efficient and makes it easy for me to go through the line, and that I noticed the way that he takes pride in his job, and that it means a lot to me. And it meant a lot to him, too. So now we've seen him a couple times since that interaction, and we greet him by name every time we see him in the store. And he remembers us, too, especially Dorothy, because it's a name that you don't see a lot of, especially for a two-year-old. So that's been fun. And there at Hy-Vee, there are a lot of retired customers, especially in the morning hours that show up for a breakfast group that they're a part of. And they all see Dorothy and they want to chat. And as soon as they hear that her name is Dorothy, that starts a conversation about either a mother or an aunt or a grandma that had that name. And Dorothy just is always smiling and talking. And they want to share about stories about their own children. And a lot of them don't have family nearby and say how much they enjoy seeing little ones. And they're also usually a they give a word of encouragement to me as a mother. And then when they find out that I have four young kids, you get the typical, oh, you must have your hands full. And then talking about how they raised their children when they were raising their kids. And there are also another thing I love about hy is hy all of the different hy stores that I've been to They do such a phenomenal job of hiring and training employees that have special needs to do various jobs around the store. And so you'll see several of the employees. I've seen a lot of employees with Down syndrome or on different places on the autism spectrum that work there who are stocking produce, reshelving items, or bagging groceries. And I try to make a point to thank them for their diligent work and try to find them to help me to find something in the store. And the amount of pride that they have in being able to help me find an item and the conversations that we're able to have as we talk, as we go from aisle to aisle searching for something, it, it just brings me so much joy to get to talk with them and to get to find out about things that they're interested in and strike up a conversation. And I just think it's awesome that hy has offered these adults with special needs employment when a lot of employers would not take the time to go through the training because a lot of these employees may not be as efficient as someone who is quote unquote typical in their development, but they do such a wonderful Job of bringing smiles to the customers' faces and being helpful and caring so much about the people that they interact with. And I love how hy is humanizing not only the employees, treating them as beautiful, wonderful people with worth, but also the customers, because it changes the entire culture of the store to have these awesome employees that also happen to have special needs doing various jobs throughout the store. So hi thank you for your witness in that way, and thank you to these employees that we get to interact with every time that we shop there. So this whole experience has really shifted my attitude about our grocery run. I'm realizing how lonely so many of the people are that I interact with on a regular basis. And when I jam-pack my schedule, I'm not making the time to have those conversations. And they may only be a couple of minutes in length, but for both of us, they impact our day and we think about the things that we've said to one another throughout the day. At least I do. And I want them to know that I see them, that I appreciate them, and that I care about them. And That not only are they helping me by doing a service for me, whether it's a grocery store clerk that's who's a cashier or someone who's restocking a shelf, but I want them to know that I see them and that I value them just as a person, not just because of the job that they do. And I want Dorothy and all of our kids to learn how to treat people with respect. And so by slowing down our morning and doing our grocery store run with the extra, I've honestly budgeted in another hour for it because of these extra conversations but because i've been doing that i'm really enjoying the experience and i'm treating these conversations as part of the errand run that that's part of the whole experience and we're really enjoying these conversations and i'm learning so much from all of these people that i interact with and i'm so encouraged by them So the grocery store run is one place where I've noticed fruit being born from slowing down. The other happened this last weekend. So on Saturday morning, I got to attend, it's called the altar society in our parish. It's a, if you're a woman in the parish, you're automatically a member of the altar society. And I'm still learning more about what the altar society is all about because I honestly didn't even know that I was a part of it just because I'm a woman in the parish, but they had a brunch this last weekend. And one of my friends, Kristen, is a regular participant with the altar society, and she encouraged a group of us young moms to also attend this brunch. And unfortunately, the altar society does not have a lot of younger women participating, And a lot of the women in attendance were in their 60s and older, and there were a few women in between our generation and theirs. And I struck up a conversation with a small group of the women who were probably in their 60s, and they were all empty nesters who have grown children and grandchildren all over the country. And I was saying how at a recent Women at the Well meeting, and that's our young mom's ministry at St. Joseph's, I was saying that at our last meeting, a lot of us were talking about how we would love to have a mentor mom in the parish who can, you know, give us perspective on what the day-to-day life looked like for them and wisdom on what we should keep in mind for the long term. And to maybe even play adopt a grandparent from time to time, sit with us at mass, hold a baby when we're needing to step out with the kid who's potty training and that kind of thing. And when I was saying this, one of the women who was standing there next to me, she started crying. And she told me that hearing me say that was an answer to prayer and that her kids are in different states and that she's been hoping and searching for the younger women of the parish to reach out. And I was so touched and moved by that. And so we exchanged phone numbers and they were so cute. I didn't have a piece of paper, so I just asked them to write down their names and phone numbers on a napkin. And they said, oh, the last time I did this was when I was in my 20s. And we have each other's contact information now, and in fact, one of the women lives at a nearby park and invited the young moms of the parish to come over for juice and muffins at her house and play at the park sometime, and she has already called me to try and arrange things with the group, and it's so new that we don't even have it officially on the calendar yet, but... I'm so thrilled to have this new partnership and friendship created as an opportunity for us to have connection between the different generations of women within our parish, and we're hoping to create some regular opportunities for the young moms and the seasoned mamas to interact with one another, and I think it's just a great chance for both generations to learn from each other, to be lifted up, to be encouraged in our vocations, and just to know that We're not in this alone, especially for those of us who maybe don't have family nearby or for one reason or another, aren't able to have that regular support of the older generation. So I think it's wonderful. And it was another time for me to realize that the ministry of presence is not just my own to have, but that the older generations in particular who maybe are retired and are looking for an outlet, a place where they can share their gifts, that we should look to the older generations to see how just their presence can be such a gift to all of us. And that woman being moved to tears, just hearing that she is needed and that she is a gift to those of us who are in need of the wisdom that she has was so moving and powerful. And that also us young moms can be a source of encouragement and inspiration to those who have moved on to a different chapter that they're finding joy and life and inspiration in seeing the next generation of the church grow up and raise their families and to be a part of that as well. That was beautiful. So I thought I would share that. But I'd love to hear from you. I want to know, are you like me and you're trying to maximize your time and take things off of your to-do list, running frantically from one thing to the next? And in your rushing, are you finding yourself like I was, and still from time to time still am, treating people like speed bumps or barriers that need to be rushed past? And maybe as your homework for next week, can you try and think of at least one person that you encounter on a regular basis, that you can take the time to slow down and create a more meaningful encounter. Maybe it's a bank teller or a grocery store cashier or a neighbor or even a child's teacher when you go to school pickup. I want to know how you're slowing down and having a ministry of presence for the people around you. I want to hear your stories. As always, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me at podcast at Are you subscribed to the podcast? Please click the subscribe button to get the latest episodes of the show automatically sent to you. And please keep sharing the show with your friends and family. As of today, we have over 7,000 downloads, listeners in 19 countries and 46 states. So that is awesome. Every time you leave a rating or a review of the podcast, it helps the show to get in front of as many listeners as possible. So please keep sharing Keep hitting subscribe and rating and reviewing the show. Thank you so much for doing that. Also, I want to wish a happy Mother's Day to my mom, to Philip's mom, my grandma, and all of our grandmas in heaven. I know that Mother's Day can be difficult for many people, as I prayed in the opening prayer of this episode. It comes with, Mother's Day comes with its own kinds of crosses for a lot of us. For those who are missing their moms this Mother's Day, for those who are estranged for their moms, for those who are grieving the death of a child or are going through infertility, just know that I'll be thinking of you on Sunday and I'm going to offer Mother's Day Mass for all of you. And I'll be praying that God can bring healing to your heart with whatever wound it is that you have that you're going to be struggling with this Mother's Day. Know that I'm praying for you and that that I'll be thinking of you. Please be sure to listen next week. I'm going to be sharing an interview with my friend Jen Troush and her very unique ministry that she has with those who are on death row. I think it was a very powerful conversation and I think that you will find it not only interesting, but very fruitful and give you a lot of food for thought. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.